Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Local knowledge is so important when buying property. And today we're talking to two local experts who are going to share their tips on what first home buyers need to be looking for and the mistakes that can be avoided in each of their areas. Our guest buyers agents are Tony Cogran from Simply Gold Coast and Karen Young from Property Zest on the Sunshine Coast. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I want to be where Karen is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get something like the Sunshine Coast. I haven't actually seen those boats on the sunny coast. so <laughs> It's pretty flat know. there. Is that like, you know, around the, it's certainly not Noosa because it's facing it's, the wrong way. No, it's Pumastone Passage. Pumastone Passage. <laughs> yeah. okay, I have to interrupt because for anyone who's actually listening to this podcast, <laughs> not watching the video, Megan is commenting on Karen's very envy what's well, actually is getting me envious she's got this amazing backdrop which just looks so tropical and gorgeous yep. um That's where we all want to be apart from hedges <laughs> avenue as everybody knows who's done the course or listened to the po- podcast i want to be on hedges avenue tiny but i'm going to have to have <laughs> fairly deep pockets to do that aren't i <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah you could be there um 100 meters away for in the five so that's the five millions uh just in case you're wondering what the 500 now let's talk we're talking first first home buyers buyers. (laughs) everybody can dream and it's really good to have a dream isn't it um that's mine and and one day it might be so let's talk first home buyers though um we're really interested so in these regional spotlights we're really interested in what first home buyers are buying in your area now karen you're going through quite a boom up on the Sunshine Coast, and particularly in the, you know, at Sunshine Beach is quite phenomenal in early 2021. Yeah. Um, tell us what what can a first home buyer buy around your area? Look, I think um, firstly it depends on what they want. Like some first home buyers, obviously they they want the lifestyle and the location, and other want the the nice house, the pretty house, you know, the new house. So, um, and we can cater for both up here. So. Um, there are some big areas of development, like new suburb development in parts of Caloundra South, and that's a very big master plan community going in there. And so a lot of first-time buyers are looking at things like that, which are new houses, because it's exciting to get something spanking new. Um, 
But And there's a lot of new facilities, there's new schools, there's new universities, there's new commercial areas. So that's a whole new thing going on. Um, so a lot of first-time by interest in places like that and, and other sort of, you know, similar, um, you know, uh, suburbs, you know, new estate-type suburbs. And then you've got the other people who are more about the lifestyle and want to be closer to the water. Um, and for those people, they're looking more at, an, you know, an older house to, so that they can get themselves closer to the water. Um, something that maybe, you know, they can renovate and things like that, but they, they're really focused on location. So they're the main two types of buyer that we see with, with home buyers, um, first-time buyers. And how affordable is an older-style house sort of closer to the beaches? Yeah, look, that's it's tricky. Um, it's going up, and, um, you know, whereas we used to be able to sneak in just under 500, um, you know, within 2Ks of the, the beach there, you know, particularly in that sort of more southern stretch towards sort of Caloundra, between Caloundra and Malulabar, there's a stretch of beach, beachside property there, and you could sneak in there under 500. It, those days are gone, unfortunately. Um, and realistically, entry-level pricing there for a renovator is is more sort of, you know, mid-fives would be the very lowest we see now, um, and even that would be on a busier street or backing onto a busier street and things like that. So unless you've got sort of six-plus, it's very difficult to get that close to the beach on a, in a house I'm talking about. Interesting. So Southern End. Now, master plan communities, it's something that Veronica and I um, you know, are very cautious about and do talk to first home buyers about very, mm. being very careful. Are these kinds of areas that you've mentioned, are they kind of limited in, in how much is going to be released into them? Or is there a lot of land that surrounds oh. these areas that might also be subdivided and, and turned into housing? Yeah, look, there's a there's a couple of uh, different sort of you know estates that have, have popped up here. There's one up at Palmview um, that that's more limited. There's sort of like five thousand home type development there, but the big one in Caloundra South that uh, it's called Aura. Um, that's really that's big. Like that's that's you know forty thousand plus type thing, um, Ooh, and it's in early phase. There is yeah. there is forty years of development in this thing to go. Um, so. It, look, personally, it's not an area where I, I sort of try and steer people toward areas that I think will have better growth. Mm -hmm. um, but for some people, it's more about facilities and a new house. Um, so, you know, yes, it will have great facilities there and those things will all come along. But, um, you know, they're very small block sizes in many cases. And I just don't foresee great growth there for a long time sounds like an area where you'd need a lot of expert advice so you don't end up buying uh, well that's the thing that people backwards. jump on exactly they yeah. get taken with the the pretty photos and and look they're nice houses you know yeah. when they're brand new but you know they're, they're squeezing four by two by two or four bedroom two bathroom two car on like 180 square meters of land and, oh no you know, really it's, it's just you just like it's small it's really small and i just i don't see you know I just, it's very uh, density, high density living. Um, the, the streets are narrow, so you end up with a lot of cars in the street. So these places look great when they're shiny. Ooh, lots but of five years down there, track, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Five years yeah. down the track, it doesn't look as appealing. So sort of and almost, Tony, Tony sounds a little bit like Ormo, doesn't it? Like sort of that stretch between the Gold Coast and, and Brisbane when that was developed a few years ago and, and still is being developed. Yeah, even uh, Pimpermar. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I'm mortified because, like, mm. <laughs> it's such a lot of house <laughs> on such a tiny block and of land. And here we go. I know. Hang yeah. on a minute. Somebody's got to launch into this rant. 
We're all thinking it, but we're we're all yelling at the same. Well, it's like yelling at the television. This one, but the thing is, right? You're moving quite a long way from a capital city. The idea of moving, having a sea change or a tree change, is all this space and this lovely quality of life, and then you go and squish yourself on a tiny block of land with too much house and little skinny roads and cars everywhere. Doesn't sound very appealing to me. Yeah, yeah, and look, I I mean, sometimes people when I when I talk to people, I try and work out what their driving factor is and sometimes it is that brand new house they want the brand new house and they're going to go the estate and then I think if they're going to do that anyway there are things you can try and do to mitigate uh, risk and and to help you know put yourself so you know make sure you go for the larger you know block of land or make sure you've got better features don't buy the three bedroom one car garage in this estate full of four by twos you know things like that I try and counsel people toward if that is their chosen way of going but you know it's not not necessarily eyes, eyes wide open what are they buying down the gold coast tiny what are first yeah. buyers getting into and how much does it cost them yeah okay well for first home buyers like i wasn't kidding when you were talking about um being close to hedges and mermaid beach literally in the fives um uh, dan and jess just purchased a three bedroom one bathroom uh, two-car accommodation in the basement and they're going to convert the laundry to a second bathroom. So that, that <gasps> That's one, Veronica's favourite strategy for one apartments. Singing from the same songbook. Veronica, so, um, yeah, look, that's, uh, that has real upside. So when we're looking for uh, the uh, first home buyers, it's a big step. You want to make sure that you're going to, you know, catapult into the property trajectory and um, see that there is some upside. Otherwise, you know, why are you buying a property? Don't just buy four walls on a, you know, small block and be squished in and be in in a cookie-cutter estate. Look for that um, significant point of difference. What is it, you know, and what style of property are you looking for? Um, you know, look, so that's a bit more of a lifestyle, isn't it? Because because for anyone who doesn't know, Hedges Avenue is is one of the the, the few streets in the Gold Coast where the properties are actually on the beach side um, of the street, as opposed to the opposite side of the street. So that that's I guess where the draw card is for that. But it's uh, it's sort of right in that sun uh, surface paradise kind of pocket, isn't it? Tiny, and there's a lot going on around around that area. So you're talking about a big lifestyle precinct there with limited supply. Yeah, well, we're in a real lifestyle-driven market here at the Gold Coast, like you would be there, Karen, the sunny coast. You know, so you do have to ask yourself, what is your budget? What can you afford? And I'll tell every every first-time buyer or, or client, um, what it doesn't matter how little or how much or how little you have, I'd always do the best to push them into a house first. You know, we've got that land contact, that capital growth. And Let's don't worry, guys, if you can't afford a house, there are al- other alternatives, like a duplex. You know, there's nobody corporates. You're one or two. You might call them semis uh, down south. Um, you know, at Coomabar, five minutes from the Broadwater at Paradise Point, uh, Sandra, a uh, first-time buyer from Melbourne, you know, we, she secured a duplex. It, look, it was a two-bed, one-bar, single lock-up garage. It was only on the market for one day, but... That was $377,000. So you don't need a great deal of money to uh, How secure. How far from the beach was that, Tony? Uh, five minutes drive to Paradise Point Village where the Broadwater is. Uh, if you wanted to drive to the beach, you'd drive to Main Beach. 
that'd be about 20, 22 minutes drive. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. So let's, can we just get a bit clear on what a duplex is? So, so when you say, sim, it's funny how some people say, oh, you can buy a house, but if you can't get a house, get a duplex. Whereas in Sydney, I'd say a semi is a house, guys. A terrace is a house. Just because it shares walls doesn't mean it's not a house. Um, so there's a bit of terminology change that happens across the country. But is a duplex, um, like when would it have been built originally? Uh, this particular one were being built in probably around that 1990 era, so about 30 years old. You'll find a lot of duplexes are in, you know, medium density areas where the action is and they're in good locations, you know. Um, so, it, you know, so it's... How much land would that one have, Tony? What, what sort of land content are we talking there? Yeah, that's you mentioned there's nobody corporate. Yeah, that one would have been on a 600-parent parcel, so divide that into two. You've got 300 square metres five minutes from the Broadwater and you don't need to go out, you know, west and north-northwest um, to enjoy those facilities. Yes, you're not going to get those tax depreciation benefits, which I think people buy properties for the wrong reasons. You know, you want to be happy, you want to be proud when you come home and you want to be able to work hard, pay that mortgage off and spend the weekends, um, you know, at, at the local beaches, parks, uh, playgrounds in um, in your chosen city or what what about adding value tony in a duplex can you say put another level on it or can you extend out the back i mean is there potential with these properties perfect perfect okay down at mermaid waters um uh there was a a duplex again it was a it was a refurbished two bed one bar single lockup garage so what Gus has done, he's actually converted the garage to living space and an extra bathroom. So now he has a three-bedroom, two-bathroom uh, accommodation and there is still room for car accommodation in front of the duplex. Now, that's five minutes' walk to Pacific Bear. Uh, that one was purchased before the market kind of went cray, cray, crazy um, in the 400s. So typically you do pay... Um, a premium to be south and near the beaches and you get more bang for buck and value for money at the northern end of the Gold Coast. So adding value, um, that property would now be worth in probably the mid-fives. So a quick way to add value. And I think it costs Gus around, I hope you don't mind Gus me saying, uh, about $35,000. And, um, yeah, what a way to go. Plus he's enjoyed some market upswing in, in, the, uh, in conjunction with that value add strategy so um well done for putting me into that one tony it's a good good story to have um apartments versus houses so we've talked a little bit about um you know karen you're probably seeing more house opportunities or or people taking up the house opportunities on the sunshine coast so north of, of brisbane and tony you're you're looking at you know that maybe more of an apartment or a duplex, um, perhaps not that freehold house on its on its own piece of land. What what are the ups and downs? Do you think from each of those? You know, getting closer to the beach, being in apartment for the same sort of money as being in a house further away from the beach. If a first time buyer was looking at you know this being their stepping stone, so they really want to use that capital growth potential towards the next one. What 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 sort of advice would you be giving them as to which way they should go with that? Karen uh, first. Yeah, I'll jump in there. Um, it's funny because the, the the worry has always been with apartments that there's just no capital growth in it. 
And that is still the case in um, some locations. But I have to say there aren't many locations in Queensland that have substantial growth in units, um, but the Sunshine Coast is one of them. Um, so there are certain parts of the Sunshine Coast where growth in units is actually pretty good. Um, and particularly up north around the Noosa Beaches, um, they've mm-hmm. had really good growth there in apartments. Yeah. And um, you can still, like we put uh, a couple uh, and a young child, a, a family three moving up from Sydney, doing the whole sea change into a place 400 metres from the beach at Sunrise Beach. Um, and it was low sixes. And that was a three-bedroom townhouse. Um, and that's 400 metre walk to the beach. And that's a really nice place. And the interesting one with that, just because you were talking about, Tony, you know, interesting conversions and things, um, this place had a loft and these people had actually, um, the people who we bought this from, had closed over the loft and put a cupboard in front of it and never used it. But the people <laughs> in the townhouse in front had opened up the loft, had plastered it all in, and it had a big round porthole, which gave them sea views from the oh, loft. Wow. Um, and so I saw this when I was looking through my due diligence at, you know, um, comparable properties. And I thought, where are they getting this sea view from? And sure enough, I see this window at the top of ours and I think, how do we get up there? And we discover hidden stairs. It was like a little bit Harry Potter's oh, cupboard type thing. Wow. It's very cool. Wow. That is yeah. every buyer's agent's dream, that yeah, one. Yeah, it was a bonus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, little things like that. But but you can get into the apartment market and there actually is pretty good growth. And down on the southern end of the coast, if you can't afford that 600 spot, you can get into Kings Beach and Kings Beach has actually got, you can get a great property in Kings Beach, particularly some of those older style ones and do the types of um, renos and things that Tony was talking about in the older style you can get in there easily in the fours and fives with ocean views. Um, so talking a two bed or a three bed, Karen? Uh, look, you can get some three bedders. There's a couple of three bedders on at the moment in the, in the early fives, um, more original. Um, the, the three bedders are less common because obviously it wasn't a big, you know, three bedders back in the day weren't yeah. a, a big thing in apartments. So a lot of the ones along the front there are two bedders. Um, but you can get amazing ocean views and you can get in there, you know, in Kings Beach, you can get in even in the late threes for a two-bedroom apartment. Um, you you might get view. a beach glimpse yeah. with a beach glimpse. <laughs> uh, but in the fours, you can definitely get an ocean view. So, What's the zoning and, and what is the potential for more supply to come into that marketplace? Because I guess that's, you know, something you've got to think about in terms of the supply-demand equation. If you're looking to use your first property as a stepping stone, is there, is there a possibility that some of the older places could get knocked down and you know, much bigger complexes be built and bring in much more stock that would um, have a negative impact on the potential for growth? There's a few places and you can see along the beachfront, along Shelley Beach and places like that, you, um, there are some new t- uh, townhouse or apartment, I should say apartment blocks going in there where they have knocked down an old, an old block. Um, so there is, but there is limitation on how high they can go. Um, so it's very much a different environment than like the Goldie, for example, there's a lot, it's sort of like a race to who can be highest to get over the top of the other high one. Um, and so they've ended up with all these really big buildings, but, um, there's limitations. So that actually don't go up that high as especially along the beachfront itself. You can't go up very high. So interesting, which is important, of course, because the Gold Coast has a bit of a bad reputation for capital growth, shall we say negative capital growth for apartments. Um, And that's largely due to oversupply. Would you agree, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you do have to be so, so careful when you're buying into the apartment um, style buildings, you know, Uh, you're much better off to buy in a, you know, four or six pack um, where, you know, you've only got four or six neighbours and it's that capital growth, that the, the values in the land that goes up. 
It's no fun buying in a, an apartment complex with 150 other units. It's not going to work. You know, that's purely a, a lifestyle-driven, you know, uh, decision. So, you know, I, I'd always urge that buyers look for houses first, then the duplexes, and then it just comes down to affordability. If you can't afford it, um, don't sit on the lounge and forget about it. Get into the market any which way you can, as long as you're buying good value for money in good locations um, and you have that significant point of difference. It's just no use buying a dime a dozen uh, unit because um, who wants them, really? Supply and demand will kick in every single time and that's what's happening happening in this uh, you know post-COVID market right now that we're all experiencing. So, yeah, spot on. Don't race into buying a yeah, dime a dozen apartment or unit. I just want to pick up on that point that you made, you know, um, get in, get into anything. And you didn't say get into anything you can. What, what were the words you used? You know, just get in, don't, don't sit on the wait. couch, don't get in wait. there. Yeah, don't, don't wait. wait. Yeah. So, so maybe it's then about making the right set of compromises that, that are still going to get you the growth potential rather than just buying anything to get into the market. I don't think you were going down that path, were you? No. <laughs> I, and Tony did talk about scarcity. And I think what Karen said there about, you know, was it King's Beach? Did you say that that where they've got a height limitation? And, of course, these things can change. I guess you've got to be careful that um, the, the local councils can actually change the zoning and change mm. the restrictions on development. But that's something you definitely want to look for is that what's the potential for more and more and more apartments if you're going to buy an apartment? And, and if there's a cap on that, if there's a cap on the available, land if there's a cap on the actual what they can build on the sites because the more new apartments that people can fit or developers can fit on a site the more likely they're going to knock down the older buildings and replace them with bigger taller newer buildings so so it preserves the value for the existing stock when you've got limited controls uh, or, or the, the limits there are limits on um, you know what can be developed there so that these are important things to familiarize yourself with and I know Megan you and I when we've put together the first time by a guide course you know we go into learning about that sort of stuff because it's so important you know people have been caught out buying apartments across the country not just you know up and down from the coast from brisbane and and found themselves in a situation where they're 10 years down the track that it's worth less than they paid for it and they haven't even realized until they've gone to sell it There's so no getting off that first rung then is there you're almost back down on the ground with well, negative equity this is the thing. We talk about getting a really first, a firm first rung on the ladder. And I'm like, well, what if your ladder only has one rung? Or as someone actually said to me the other day, you can drop a ladder over the side of a ship and go down on a ladder. So, <laughs> you know. We're trying to make sure people don't do that. We want you on a really solid ladder that goes up and has got more than one rung. <laughs> so it's really important. Now, on that, what are some of the, the mistakes that you have seen people make or, or people could possibly make in these coastal markets? And I know that's quite a general thing, but... Yeah, what, what are the sorts of things that people should be really, really wary of? We talked about supply and apartments and, and not buying cookie cutter and all those sorts of things. But, you know, in your markets that you are local experts in, what, what are some of the things that people really need to be aware of? Tony, do you want to? Tony, we'll start with, that, with you on that one. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, look, I, I think awareness and market knowledge it's really hard as a first home buyer to, um, you know, just walk out there and, you know, do a little bit of research and, and buy the right one that they think they're buying the right one. 
I think, um, you know, knowing the value is the key. If you don't know value, then how can you negotiate? How can you stand firm? No, why would we pay X amount of dollars? Because we know that this one sold, this one this sold, this one sold. So I think getting yourself aware, going through to as many open homes as you can, go to auctions just to know what they're actually selling for. Get yourself familiar. Um, so fools rush in and that will cost you money. Don't pay with your heart. You need to rein your emotions in and just be level-headed about it. And just be careful who you take advice from. Like there's plenty of Uncle Bobs and Auntie Sues that, you know, give <laughs> their advice. And I, I, I guess you, you probably need to have a look at, you know, maybe their own portfolio or their successes or what they've actually achieved. Be careful of who you're taking advice from. Um, you know, that's, um, that's, that's you know, a, a couple of things that... that um, it just don't resonate with me. And, uh, you know, you want to get that best value for money and you want to know that you're buying today knowing the five or ten year plan. Is that probably going to go up at a rate of knots in value? Is it going to be able to uh, rent out very easily? Um, you know, because your first home will probably turn into your investment home as you grow with the family and lifestyle changes and, and life chapters, you know, serve different things and you want to go to different schools and you know you want to your anchor points might change with work or schools or or family so so what are some of the things though tony that i mean these are great general advice and we cover that yeah you know you're preaching from the same hymn book as to to (laughs) what we sing to from all the time but what are some of the specific mistakes you see particularly with out of towners because let's face it you know there's this sort of move to do the sea change and you know there's a lot of melburnians you mentioned a melburnian that came up and bought their first home up there um you know there's a lot of move from the southern states to go to queensland as a result of lockdown i think um what are some of the things in your area that you see out of town as those without local knowledge that, that they really stuff up and they don't be they just don't see the mistake on the horizon and definitely we'll get to you Karen ask you the same question yeah because I know main roads like a road can be a huge differentiator between the price of a property that's closer mm. to the ocean versus the other side how how would you know is that something that people make a mistake not understanding those really unique differences locally for you yeah, look, there's some areas where people are, are, are saying, well, hey, this is really good value, and it does look good value on paper, but do they know that there's going to be a second M1, you know, mm. coming through the coast? You need to be aware of those things. You need to buff yourself away from those areas. You need to be at least 800 metres away from those localities. Um, so some know, infrastructural projects like, happening that they might not be aware of. Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly right. You know, the disruption that it has the noise pollution that it has, you know, down at Palm Beach, you know, uh, luckily one of our clients sold very quickly for a good price on the back of the M1 because it was coming and it is coming. And, um, you know, we've got to cater for this infrastructure and it's through the through the road networks. And if you're not aware and you're looking at the, you know, warm and fuzzies of a home, you need to look at, the, you know, the holistic approach. Um, you know, that's... Local and also, also, um, I've seen it last weekend a, a property in Burley Heads, which is actually the old Stevens, it's another suburb that people probably don't know about. Um, this property should have been, you know, uh, selling for around 800 to 820 at a pinch. Um, you know, I, I know that it sold for the high eights, 
you know, that's 10% over. Like, mm. you know, and, and why? Why, why did it sell for it more than it should have? Yeah. Out of towns, they don't know the value. They see, they compare it to their own city. Yeah, but, that's a big one, actually. It's a huge one. They're panicking. You know, it's not uncommon, you know, to see 30 or 40 groups through the first open home with 10 or 11 multiple offers and, you know, two or three cash buyers. You know, cash is king, but you need to be smart about it, you know. And, um, it's thrown away if you're paying 10% overs, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's a lot of growth that you have to have. Yeah. Um, or you could buy in true, um, you know, Burley Waters and be sitting on a much more, um, you know, valuable asset that's going to increase in value at a, at a higher rate of loss. You've got to compare like with like, and it's hard to kind of um, grasp that if you, if you probably haven't, you know, even been a local for you can't you can't just take two three bed one bath houses on 600 square meters and say well that one's sold for that therefore this one's worth that because you know it may be that there's a big block of apartments being built next door it may be that as i say the m1 is coming through and the noise corridor is going to increase so that that local knowledge i think tony you've just absolutely nailed it is um is what causes people to to perhaps pay that 10 percent instead of understanding where where real market value sits for a property and it's really common too that that idea you're taking your capital city mentality and you're taking it to the to the regions and you think oh my god like Karen when you mentioned you can get an ocean um, view apartment for four hundred thousand you know here I am in Sydney go oh my god I want to go and buy one because you, you you're thinking you know you do you compare it to where you come from where you're familiar yep. but that's a massive mistake and so Karen have you got any other specific sort of local um, mistakes that you see out of towners or people that don't yeah. have the local knowledge making i think one would be un, um just not understanding the distances so if you're moving from busy sydney and you travel 40 k's into work every day and that's <laughs> your norm yeah. and you think i'm going to move to the sunshine coast look at this amazing property it's only 40 k's from the beach that's very very different so <laughs> did people really say that <laughs> well yeah because like a lot of people sort of get taken with nice house and land even just saying 10 k's well yeah in in yeah, landsborough no, for example way. landsborough is a, a really good example um you know nice new houses getting built there and it looks like a nice little place and they're very shiny and new but it's on the other side of the bruce highway it's not even on the the beach side of the highway and that technically it's 15 20 minutes drive which doesn't sound much if you commute an hour and a half in Sydney to work, but <laughs> it's not the same here. So you've got to just understand that if you're moving to the Sunshine Coast to be near the beach, you need to actually be near the beach. So don't get, <laughs> you know, that's don't such a get, good point. oh, we need to write that down. That's, that's a <laughs> don't get sucked in and, and using your own reference points in, from where you're coming from for distance. Like understand what is too far to commute. Like you're not going to drive your kids to school on that and school over there for 25 relative. minutes. Yes, yeah. it's locally relative, yeah. isn't it? It's not what you've got used to and what you're prepared to accept. It has to That's be locally it. relative. And life. you'll get here and then you'll be very disappointed after a while that you're so far from the beach. So Recalibrate. <laughs> you got to yeah, recalibrate, yeah. And the other thing would be very similar to what Tony mentioned is you need to understand the pricing point because you will get sucked in by the view. Mm. Um, because, like, I went to a place literally yesterday, I inspected a property for someone, and the view was spectacular. It was absolute oceanfront. This place was only $720,000 um, and that, oh, actually that's what I assessed it to be. <laughs> and then uh, when I actually found out what they were asking for, it was eight fifty. dollars um, 
But wow. the view is amazing. If you stand in that place as a person who's not familiar and go, this is amazing, I have absolute 180 degrees ocean in front of me right. and you pay eight fifty. you've just done 130K of your dough. Um, Ooh, so yeah. don't get sucked in by the view. Like Tony said, do your research on the pricing. And, and I made a very similar mistake. The first house I ever bought in my life many years ago, um, I did a very similar thing and just thought, oh, well, this this house is great and that seems like a good price and the suburb next door is so much, you know, more expensive. And so I bought in this cheaper one and I paid about 40 grand too much for it. Like I just didn't do the research on what that suburb was worth. I was comparing Mm. it to the other one, like just didn't know. And it was Um, so much better value when you compared it. Yeah, and like I owned that house for a very long time, (laughs) Um, but I probably spent the first five years catching up what I lost, you know. Yeah. Oh, great um, advice. That's mm-hmm. a really good good example to use for people. Speaking of, Tony mentioned, you know, maybe that first property that you purchase eventually becomes an investment property as you move along in your life stages and, and, and um, go into different properties. What, what are rent investing options for first home buyers like? You know, what sort of things can they perhaps consider in that five or $600,000 price range? Because you have to think about yield, you have to think about rental income, and, and as well as growth when you're looking at that. So, um, Tony, what are the what are the rents like on the Gold Coast comparative to purchase price? Yeah, no. Look, the, the good thing about it is if you if you can secure a house under six hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get dollar for dollar or five percent, you know, returns. You, you're going to get uh, your five hundred five fifty back from the five hundred thousand. Is that right? Wow. Yes, actually. Karen, I'm not sure about the northern coast, but at the Gold Coast there's a, a rental crisis at the moment. Right. And, you know, some property managers that have, this is just after Christmas, have had 600 properties on their rent roll and they've only had two or three available to uh, show mm-hmm. for rent. So it's, it's, yeah. it's also, um, yeah, a little bit of a, a, a bit of a catch where people are, are, are selling their properties and then they don't know where to go. You know, they, they've got to either rent somewhere or try and find another property. But uh, there is a rental crisis. So that, like buying a, a house in, in Varsity for $950,000, um, it's, it's going to be rented for $950. You know, I think that's a bit overcooked. I think it should be close to that eight fifty mark. Mm. But people are missing out and people are paying $100. Uh, dollars more a week in some instances just to secure properties um, so be aware of that is the story it's different for apartments though mm. yeah there's more to choose from with apartments mm. but when it comes to ground levels single levels they're very popular um you know apartments you know they're dime a dozen in the middle mm. so and ground levels are going to go first but, um, you know, people with pets, you know, there's so many people yes. that have got the dog or the cat or the caboodle. The COVID you know? pet. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, that, that's also a, a, a factor to, to uh, take into consideration. How many rentals are there with a the backyard? Well, with rent vesting, just to, you know, just to expand on that, there is a trend of, um, you know, people who are moving north to buy an investment now to secure their home. So, you know, they're buying it as an investment, securing a position, and then they're moving up. You know, before COVID come along, you know, that was pretty common for, for Melbourne and Sydney people to uh, think five years ahead. Um, but now they're fast forwarding their plans 
to, um, you know, the, the one year or 18 months or, you know, even six-month plan now. Do you, do, you, do you find that, so we're certainly seeing that in Brisbane as well and, and we're, we're largely hearing from our clients at Property Pursuit that the, the reason they're doing it is that they can have, they have now been able to really genuinely work from home and, and so their need to be in the, the capital cities where the higher paying jobs are has, has actually, um, you know, largely in many companies, not every company is, is doing this, but they can actually just commute maybe once or twice a month or a couple of days a week or whatever the case may be. So the lifestyle factor, you know, is really hitting home. Is that what you're seeing on the Gold Coast, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. So they want a, a, a Zoom room or a, a yeah, space. A Zoom room. Love it. Or a studio <laughs> or, a, you know, a, a place where they can, you know, detach themselves and have a home office, so to speak. So yeah. super, super important. It comes high on the uh, criterion list as well. So, yeah, that's, that's an absolute valid point. And... It's like the fly-in, fly-outs, you know. They um, they often like to base themselves, you know, in places where they want to, you know, come yeah. up and relax, but then they yes. work hard. Now, um, you know, different professions and, and, you know, COVID has, you know, uh, unveiled Zooming. You don't need to travel. You don't need to go into the office. You can, you know, wear your shorts like I am. And um, <laughs> Oh, Tony, have you just gone, gone to the waste, have you? So, uh, <laughs> I just had a turn in the board order before, so just to start with that, it was lovely. But um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a whole new world out there, and uh, it's it's quite exciting, I think, for the next uh, you know ten years to come. You know, people don't need to be anchored um, in, in you know the bigger you know, capital cities necessarily. Yeah, no, that's right. Especially if they if they they can work from home. Yeah, power to them. That's great. Fabulous. Right, we've got Karen's rejoined us uh, from her cupboard with the amazing view. <laughs> I don't know. I, I reckon she's gone for a swim. She's gone out. She's ducked out. She's checked out the beach. Checked the. I was getting warm in the now. cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is she's back. And so we want to know about rent vesting options in the Sunshine Coast, Karen. You know, I, and I guess prefacing this too, we know that there's a lot of holiday apartment rental, mm. you know, stock up there and, and in the Gold Coast as well. So, of course, you know, with COVID has a lot of that hit the market uh, for long-term rental. Has that changed the landscape and the apartment side of things? Is it like similar to the Gold Coast where you've got a sort of two different markets? You've got the apartment market for renting and the house market for renting. Now, look, I don't think it's quite as pronounced on the coast. We definitely have a rent issue here at the moment. There's there's no vacancies and, um, you know, there's just nothing to rent. There's no supply and, and you can't get in. Um, so we have a lot of, you know, people on Facebook groups crying out for, I'm going to be homeless soon and all that sort of stuff. Um, the housing market, definitely, that's the case. The rent, the apartment market, is it's still the case to some extent. There's just, there's not as many, I guess, as the Gold Coast. And I'm talking probably more... Um, the southern end of the coast, um, but even with the northern end of the coast, with, when COVID hit, a lot of people took their stuff from the holiday market and put it into the permanent market. So there were quite a few, um, but I don't think there was a massive oversupply. Um, there's still the noose end of things. I don't know how pronounced, you know, their rental shortage is or if it is, um, but certainly the southern end of the coast, you can't get a house to rent for love nor money or an apartment, even a good apartment. So... 
I think it's important though that we, you know, we're talking about reinvesting options, but I guess what I want to sort of say here is that these circumstances can change. This isn't going to necessarily be always the case. So don't rush and buy a house up in the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast thinking, oh my God, that's how I'm going to actually, you know, get my first rung on the ladder. I'm going to rent it out. It's going to be, it's going to secure my future because it could be that this is a relatively, in the whole scheme of things, a short to medium term shortage you know, brought on by a bit of migration mm-hmm. through COVID and all the rest of it? Or would you say fundamentally, you know, looking back over the last five to 10 years, there's always been a supply shortage? I think there's always been a supply on the sunny coast a sh- a shortage. And, and we've ran rental ag- agencies in Brisbane and on this coast. And the coast has always run with a much lower vacancy rate um, generally. Um, but I certainly think at the moment it's much more pronounced. Um, but yes, it's always runs um, low vacancies on the sunny coast as long as I've been there. So, and is that mainly houses, Karen? Uh, yeah, mostly houses, but still apart- good apartments um, to some extent as well. Like, um, and particularly like we were mentioning Kings Beach before, that area has become a lot more. Even the apartment market is a lot more owner occupier now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of um, you know I live in an apartment building in Kings Beach, and it's mostly older people, <laughs> and that's where they downsize to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what sort of yields? Totally oh, talking about 5%. Yeah, look, you'd, you'd probably get 5%, I reckon, there as well. Um, in houses on the Sunshine Coast, if you're trying to sneak close to the beach, your yield's going to go down a bit because you're probably, you know, it's just going to be a high price to get in there. Yeah. Um, um, land but, content, you'd pay, pay much for here. Land the closer you get to the beach if it's a yeah, location. Yeah, correct. But yeah. certainly if you're off the other side, like, for, for example, around where the new hospital precinct is, when I say new, it's been there now a couple of years, but... Um, there's a lot of uh, new housing around there and that would yield at 5% um, pretty easily. Yeah. And just, just for our listeners, you know, we talk about yield and what yield is is a percentage of the rental income versus the actual prop- property price. Um, now, obviously, there's, there's, you know, there's various lessons to be learned and, and understood throughout property and one of the general um, rules is that the higher the yield, so the more rent you get, typically comes at the expense of capital growth. And so it's just something to be very mindful of. If you're getting a high yield, if you're getting a high percentage or high proportion of rent versus the price you're paying, you need to be very careful about going after the yield and, and at the expense of capital growth, particularly as a first home buyer because you have a long runway and, you know, that means many, 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 many years of property ownership and you really want, you know, capital growth and compounding interest and all that sort of stuff to work in your favour. So so just be aware of these things. These are concepts we teach in the course. So, you know, we're giving you this information, but we just want you to sort of also understand, don't jump on a little tiny bit of the information. Do the you need big to picture. Do the big picture. Learn about all of it. Yeah. There's one thing I, I wanted to mention too that's maybe specific to holiday locations like the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast. And I, I don't know if this is the same for you, Tony, but you have to be a little bit careful if, if people are, like rent vesting and they're they're trying to um get into something that they think short-term rental accommodation is a great thing Mm. airbnb and that sort of thing councils can change their rules and we've seen that recently in noosa um so the rules are such that certain zonings if you you can pick up a great apartment in a certain zone but if it's a low density zone you cannot get an approval because you have to go through a council process to get short-term rental accommodation approval and they won't give it in a low density area so just make sure you understand the council's right. rules and regulations around short-term rental accommodation because with Airbnb, I think that's become a big thing. 
Such a golden tip, that one. Fantastic. Yeah. And on the flip side, if you're buying an apartment that is specifically for that rental, that short term rental market, you Mm. are going to suffer in terms of capital growth because the only sort of person wanting to buy it is going to be an investor and you're, you're closing up your future market down the track should you want to sell that property. So all these intricacies are so important, but I love the fact you brought that up, Karen. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up and we'd just love to hear something crazy you've seen buyers or a buyer do in your time because you're both very experienced buyers agents. You've been specialists (laughs) in your market for a long time. Tell us about something absolutely off the charts crazy that you've seen a buyer do. Tony, first up. Oh, hit me. Okay. Um, Oh, look, there's a couple of things, you know. People that are buying sight unseen, I mean mean not seen at all, haven't anyone go to the property because they're FOMOs, they're fearful of missing out. It's a no-go zone because, (laughs) seriously, why would you buy a house, you know, in the 800s that has been rented? Who knows what, you know, (laughs) it is. And they are committing themselves cash unconditional to buy a property because they don't want to miss out and they don't want to contend with the 40 other people that will go to that open home on the weekend. So and, they're, and they're relying on the agent's pictures and, and, the, and the videos, aren't they? Oh. You know, the agent that's working for the seller. So yeah. you know, they need someone like you out there, Tony, looking at it for them in, so that they've got some personal <laughs> eyes on it, some representation on it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to see the good, but it's great to see the bad, the ugly. Keep your eyes wide open. Yeah. At least you get yourselves a filling and pest inspection. They'll take, you know, photos of hairline cracks and all sorts of things so that you are aware um, and another thing that happened just recently, um, talking about a location, uh, lifestyle location, on the Talabudra Creek, a home went to market. It had you know, 108 routes through the property. It sold within two weeks. I would have pegged it at about 2.8. There was three offers over $3 million. It sold for 3.3. Woo. And someone else was prepared to buy the property for 3.55, but they'd got a billing and pest and must have got cold feet. But these are the crazy things that are, are happening. Um, I can't calculate that. I'm reckoning, is that a 20% premium? Oh. At least. 30. 30. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, well, look, that from, from pre-COVID, it'd be a, a 20 to 30% premium. Um, but just recently, just in that, whirlwind of uh, people missing out, yeah, that's a, a, a solid 10, I don't know, 10%, isn't it? FOMO <laughs> is a bad, bad Such thing. a bad thing. Bad thing. Oh, Karen, you got any example, oh. any crazy things? Oh, look, uh, I think, I don't know if it's crazy, but I guess this one is taking advice from agents and then on the flip side, not taking advice from agents. So, for example, <laughs> um, right. I've seen many... Home buyers go through a property that's hot a whole bunch of people through it, and I, as I, you know, my ears are tuned to what's going on around me. I hear the agent telling the the um the buyer that, oh yeah, you'll need to be in the sixes to get this, and I'm walking through thinking this is a five twenty house, mm. um, and so they're like, oh okay, okay, yep, and I can see they're going to go and give him an offer in the six because he said to give them offer in the six, yeah. So 
be really careful who you're taking your advice from. Do your own research. And then on the flip side of that, not taking advice from agents. So I see a lot of people who they know that they can't trust the agent, so they don't trust a single thing the agent says. So when there's 12 offers being handed in and the agent says, this is a multiple offer, give us your best offer, yes. they think, oh, we'll give them the best offer minus 50 grand. Yeah. And, and, mm. and it's gone. And they wonder why they missed it. So sometimes the agent might be out to get you, but sometimes they're not. Um, so it's hard to know when and when to what to believe and what not to. But, um, yeah, just be careful who you're taking advice from. But sometimes the advice might be right. So sometimes I don't know how to they're going yeah. Welcome to the crazy world of trying to buy a property. No wonder you've been listening to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, both of you. It's great to get insights into out, you know, markets outside capital cities. This is our first regional spotlight uh, episode, and we're really uh, thrilled that you've joined us. We're going to be doing more, so uh, keep for listeners, keep an ear out, eye out for us, and uh, even send us via the website Homebar Academy. You send us a, a message about an area that you'd like us to spotlight. Yep. And it's all about getting local experts to give you local knowledge in this podcast because there is absolutely no replacement for local knowledge when you're looking around. So, you know, Veronica and I know our areas really well, but we know the people who know their areas really well. And we've, we've really been grateful to have you on, Tony and Karen. So, thank you. Thank and you. we will hopefully catch up again maybe later in the year. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.